Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, and my co-host, Caleb Jenks, is joining us down in East Texas once again. Tonight's topic is the Sabbath day. So to catch everyone up just briefly, uh, Caleb and I both keep the Sabbath day, and I guess we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then maybe we'll talk about why we do it. And the reason we brought this up, I mean, and Caleb, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm speaking for both of us here, but we didn't bring this topic up to try to convince anyone of what you should do. But personally, it, it doesn't matter to me if you keep the Sabbath day or not, um, you know, and that'll come out when we explain, you know, kind of who we are and what we do. But we have had several people ask us about it enough to the point where we finally said, instead of trying to answer all these questions through, you know, Facebook Messenger or text messages and phone calls, why don't we just dedicate an hour to it and we can kind of talk about it and just get it out there and people can ask us questions as we go. So that's kind of the idea for tonight is to talk about the Sabbath day. And I will tell you this. So I've been a Christian. I was not raised in a Christian home. I think most of you know that. I really got my first Bible in my hands when I was about 20 years old. And I started going to church uh, when I was like uh, 23. And I got saved when I was, I want to say 24 or maybe 25. I'd have to do the math and, you know, count backwards and remember the day. So I've been saved for about 15 years. And in that amount of time of going to church very regularly and listening to pastors and preachers and Sunday school teachers and sermons, you know, multiple times a week for many, many years, I can tell you that this subject doesn't really get dealt with head on very often. That's one thing I can tell you. It just, I I think for some reason, a lot of Christians, or at least a lot of Christian and church leaders uh, don't feel comfortable jumping into it. And I think part of the reason is because they don't like some of what the Bible says about it. So it seems to be one of those ideas that is avoided quite often. That That's my opinion. So Caleb, start out by telling me, am I crazy when I say that? Or do you find it to be the same? Uh, I find it, I find it to be discussed actually in somewhat alarming ways, quite frequently among church people. Um, and I think it's the thing that alarms me about it is the fact that there's probably a lot of people that are, that are, that keep the Sabbath quite religiously as Christians Mm -hmm. in the best way that they know how, or the best way that we relate to it, which most of us, that just means we dedicate an hour or two out of Sunday morning to go to church. (laughs) And that's that's how people, that's the, the average American modern day Christians form. As far as, as far as any kind of religious part of, of, keeping the Sabbath. I mean, uh, on top of that, maybe you go home and you watch some football or you, um, you know, there's other things that you do with your family on Sunday because it's the weekend and you got time off work. But what I, what I found to be very interesting about it is when I very early on, when I first started reading the Bible, I came across the 10 commandments and I was like, okay, wow, this is interesting. These must be some, these were big deal. This was a big deal to God, right? I mean, (laughs) he, he put these in the 10 commandments and if you, I mean, you can't get past the first couple chapters of the Bible in Genesis before you run across the Sabbath. So it seems like it's, it's a quite an obvious thing that should be discussed. And I know a lot of Christians that keep 
Sunday, probably more religiously than I do or that I have in the past. There's been, I've gone through phases in the last uh, 12, 13 years that I've been convicted to observe the Sabbath. Um, I know a lot of Christians that probably were at times more faithful with setting aside Sunday as the Sabbath. And I, I'm not, that's, I should get that out of the way early on here. For those that observe Sunday as the Sabbath, that's great. It's just that what we do with it as the Sabbath is quite different than what God did with it as the Sabbath. And it's hard to have it be, if, if the Bible says six days you should work and the seventh you should rest, um, it's hard for me to find Sundays to be very restful, especially if, if for anyone that's very involved in church life. Sunday turns out to be another work day oftentimes. Okay, so let me jump in here real fast and throw some contention in here because I, I want to make at least my <laughs> beliefs very clear. Uh, whatever you do on Sunday is great, okay? Whatever day you go to church and worship God corporately, okay, with your local church, that's wonderful. That's all wonderful. But I am going to put my foot down every time someone says Sunday and keeping the Sabbath because it's not Sunday. It's never been Sunday. It never will be Sunday. The Sabbath is literally the seventh day. That's it. It's the seventh day. It can't be the first day. Jesus rose on the first day. That was Sunday. That's clear in the Bible. But as far as the Sabbath goes, it's the seventh day. So if you want to say we have a day of rest and we pick whatever day we want, that's fine. Say that. But for me, just to keep terms clear, it blood shoots out of my eyes every time I hear someone talking about Sunday and Sabbath. It's not. That's not what it is. It's not that in Genesis. It's not that in Exodus. It's not that in the book in the Gospels. It's not that anywhere. So the Sabbath day is the seventh day. Just forgive me for if, the tirade. Well, that's an interesting thing that you bring up because I, I memorized when I was a kid in mm -hmm. school, the days of the week were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That Correct. was the way that we memorized it in school. Sure. But and if you look at the calendar, the Bible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you look at a calendar, Saturday is the seventh day. It's the last day of the week. And yet, right. and that was confusing to me as a kid. It's like, well, why do we call it Sunday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when it's actually Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? Mm -hmm. I actually walked in um, to a class that my daughter was taking recently in school where they were memorizing the days of the week and they were memorizing it as, uh, and they were memorizing it along with the scripture where God commanded us to keep the Sabbath and to keep it, you know, holy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they were talking about it as, you know, Monday is the first day of the week and Sunday is the last day of the week. And I'm like, this is, mm -hmm. this is what we're taught, but in reality, it's not what it is. And not that it really matters. I mean, I, okay. I'll agree with you that what we do on Sunday nowadays is very, very different than what God meant when he said to take a day of rest and to keep it holy sure. it's different to have a day of worship to come together as church worship it's very different than keeping the sabbath although there are many people that i think are doing a great job of keeping sunday as their sabbath as good mm -hmm. how paul said um in romans uh if i can find it here i was gonna look it up i think it's romans 14 somewhere in there um that one man esteems one day and another man esteems another one i should uh, this is the bible thumper i should look this up sorry yeah yeah you only uh, have a 14 week. And we picked Five. the subject four months ago. <laughs> exactly. All right. So uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 5. 
the new um, in the new king james version here it says one person esteems one day above another another esteems every day alike let each be fully convinced in his own mind and that is um kind of an interesting thing when you think about that i i think that god definitely wants us to take a day off if you take it off on wednesday or thursday or sunday or whatever day you choose that's great um and just because i i would say that and i don't know what you think on this patrick yeah, I, I'm not on. saying that somebody else has to keep the Sabbath, but mm-hmm. I personally think that it's a sin not to keep the Sabbath. Okay. So I mean, God that, says, God says, no, set go it apart, make it holy. And for me, if I, if I don't do that to me, I consider it a sin. It doesn't mean that every time that I break the Sabbath that I'm going to try to whitewash it and be like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm going to soften this up a little bit. It's pretty black and white <laughs> as far as what God wanted us to do. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Give me your thoughts on that. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I know we're already getting questions coming in. And that was one thing that we, sh- we should cover. And I want to cover a few of these questions as they come because I know we're going to get a million questions. Okay, so I do not believe the way Caleb does in that I do not believe that keeping the Sabbath day is obligatory. Okay, if you are Jewish, every Jewish person who has gotten saved that I know continues to keep the Sabbath day because they all believe that their salvation in through Christ does not make them any less Jewish. So they continue the traditions and everything in their lifestyle and culture that they got from the Torah, from the Old Testament, from the books of Moses. And, you know, they enjoy it. For me, I look at it differently. So the way that the way that I see it, and actually now I have to look up a verse here, Caleb, because this is the this is kind of the the other side. Okay. Okay. So let's see how fast this pops up. Okay, so in Colossians 2:16, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in the respect of an holy day or the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Okay, so the the way that I see it is that when we read through the Bible, we find out that God put a big emphasis on the Sabbath day. There is no way to read through the Bible without seeing that. Do you concur? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then what we find is that God actually makes it an appointment where we can meet with him. Okay. So the way that I see it is that God set this one day apart. It's special. He tells us to remember it. And he says that he is going to rest on the same day. That started back in Genesis. That w- There were no Jews back in Genesis. Are we in agreement there? There were none. Right. Okay. Father Abraham, that's when the family started. The law didn't come till Exodus chapter 20, but we find that the Sabbath day was instituted in the first week. So God has a special day. He is going to rest on that special day. He invites us to rest on it, or if you want to say commands us to rest on it. And the way that I look at it is if the CEO of the corporation that I'm working for says, hey, we're having this special day where we can just get together and have a meeting, you know, uh, I'm going to show up whether it's obligatory or not, because it's important to the boss. And for me, I want to show up with the boss on the special day that he set aside. So for me, you know, the way I see it with Colossians 2.16, and keep in mind, I 
keep the Sabbath and keep the feast days more meticulously than any Jew I've ever met in my life. I do it more meticulously than most Seventh-day Adventists do or most Messianic Jews do. Okay, I, you know, the way that I try to celebrate these things is the way that Moses described it in the Old Testament. And I do that because it, it I see that God emphasizes it. He talks about how great it is. And for me, if you're going to ask the, me the question, well, Patrick, do we have to keep it? That's the dumbest question a Christian could ever ask. When God talks about something and says it's wonderful, why does it matter if we have to do it? That doesn't matter. God said it's wonderful. Don't I want to do the things he says is wonderful? And don't I want to not do the things that he says is terrible? So I do not believe that it is obligatory. I do not believe that it is a sin if I do not keep the Sabbath. But I do it anyhow because God is resting. Uh, well, I'm going to say right now. So Shabbat Shalom, Caleb. I know the Sabbath starts an hour earlier down in Texas because you're in, in the central time zone instead of the Rocky Mountain time zone. But God is taking today off. Now, people might think that sounds foolish. Okay, I do not. With that being said, the way that Caleb keeps the Sabbath day, I don't believe that I have the right as a Christian to try to hold him up to the standard that I have. And I believe Colossians 2.16 says that he doesn't have the right to hold me to his standard, okay? Because the Sabbath was made for us. It's a good thing. It's a blessing. It's supposed to be something that we want to do. If we feel the overbearing burden of God upon us when we are trying to observe the Sabbath day, I think we're missing the whole point. Caleb, does your family look forward to it? Because my kids are talking about it by Thursday morning. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that be, before I started doing it, as a kid growing up, we weren't religious about the Sabbath. We'd work on Sunday, we'd work on Saturday, kind of flexible, just whenever. And it always, I always sort of envied people that were, you know, that took all day Sunday off and went to church or, or something like that. And I thought there's got to be something to this. And all, I'm just going to ask you this, ha, since you've started, how long, or do you mind me asking, how long is it, has it been that you have observed? I mean, I, you were doing Sunday for a long time and then you switched to Saturday, I guess, somewhere along the lines. But how, how long has it been since you started observing Saturday? Well, um, it's been less than a year. No, it's been was no it around more the first than a year. Okay. I was thinking yeah. it was around the first of the year, somewhere in there, but I'm not sure. I don't know. That might have been when so, we were talking so you've got, so you've, so you've had, you've got several months or at least, or a year. Has it yeah. ever been one of these things that you just dreaded? It was like, oh, come on. I, ca I can't work today. Nope. Not once yet. I, I start looking forward to it by Wednesday. I'm so excited well, that it's coming and Friday's almost here. And, you know, I get to just kick my feet up and take a day off. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of things that I want to do tomorrow. Right. I have a wood pile I want to burn. I want to spray the weeds. I want, you know, I want to seed the lawn. I want, there's a million things that I want to do. And, you know, I am forcing myself not to do them because I am trying to rest. 
Yeah. So a couple of a couple of things that I was concerned about before I started it was I never wanted to be one of these religious people that starts cramming this belief down everybody else's throat. Apparently, oh, my, my service keeps jumping out here. But anyways, um, am I am I showing on the screen on your end there? Yeah, you blank out for like only a second when you do, and we sure can hear why. you the whole time. So don't okay. worry. About I'm not sure it. why yeah, my the really. Wi-Fi is not working at our church right now. But anyways, um, so it's taking th- that the is, day off. Boom! <laughs> that was one of the biggest concerns that I had with it is I never wanted to become self-righteous. So there's a lot of a lot of people on here that are seeing this that uh, even that I go to church with that would never have been aware of the fact that I observe Saturday as a Sabbath. If sure. somebody calls me and they ask me, "Hey, can you come over and help me on my on my house? I got this project and I need I need somebody to come over and help." I'll do it. Oftentimes as a church, we'll have a work day where we go and help somebody out on, on Saturday. There's even been times where I was working for somebody and they were really, you know, in a pinch and needed, needed to get a project done. And they'd ask me if I could stay and work on Saturday. And I've done a couple of things at that point said, I won't charge you for it. Or, mm-hmm. or I would take the money and donate it or, you know, use that to, to help somebody else out. But the thing that I find about it is Jesus wasn't Jesus wasn't real picky about it either. If you watch Jesus, he he observed the Sabbath, but he let the disciples pick some corn on on the Sabbath. And I don't know, I don't understand for sure why God set the, the Sabbath up in the first place or what all of his intentions were. He says to do it, and I think we should do it. If you look in uh, Exodus 20, when he gave the Ten Commandments, it's right uh, right in here along with not murdering, committing adultery, not stealing, not bearing false witness, not coveting. You know, it's it's right in there with everything else is to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord your God. In it, you shall do no work, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and, and hallowed it. So it seems like, as you said, this was brought in way before the law of Moses. This has nothing to do with um, Jewish traditions, Jewish customs that were that had to do with temple duties or uh, the priesthood. This was something that God ordained between Him and mankind for us to have a day to commune with Him, to mm-hmm. to have a day where we remember God and for for us to be able to reflect on Him and and set it aside to rest. And the way I look at it is like, of all the things that God wants us to do, why would I slack on this one? There's a lot yeah. of other things that aren't that easy, but if God tells me to kick back and take a day off and rest up and recover so I can get ready for the week, well, I'm really just cheating myself out of God's blessings. Like 100%. many other things, like many other things, when God tells us to do it and we choose not to obey, for me, it's a for me, it's a sin. If I choose mm-hmm. not to do it, I'm convicted to do it. I'm committed to it. Um, James, which is again my favorite book in the Bible, James chapter four, verse seventeen says, uh, "Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin." Sure. And so that applies not just to not just to commandments that God gives us, but when somebody's convicted to do something and you choose not to do it, it's it's sin if this is a commitment you make to God. But especially when God says, "Take this day off," and and we choose not to do it, to me, I don't see how it isn't a sin. I'm not saying that it's in order to be Christian you have to keep the Sabbath. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying if you want God's blessing, let's obey. God says keep the Sabbath. And so to me, it was a point of going back and looking at, hey, what did God mean when he said, keep the Sabbath? What did he, what did he mean by this? And how does this look compared to how we do it? And obviously the Jews, like this is one of, I think you mentioned this last week, 
how this is like one of the big points that Jesus made was like, hey, Jews, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> you yeah. know? And they had made it this very, very, very strict, you know, there's some Orthodox Jews where they tie a string on their doorknob and they can't travel further than the string on the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. And obviously Jesus was like, no, this is made for, for, for you. This is a blessing for you. And I'm not sure how that falls in with just deliberate disobedience when people went out and chopped wood on the Sabbath and they got stoned to death in the Old Testament. I'm not saying that God is is as picky about it now as he was back then, but it seems like I don't see where. Do you, would you look at this as something that that you could say you can find defined by the New Testament as something that was done away with? Well, okay, so that's an interesting question, and and let me answer that, and then let me ask you like five or ten questions, okay, just to get right. the ball rolling and and kind of move it along, so we can try to cover some bases here. So the way I look at it, Caleb, is that the Old Testament is not done away with in any way except when it's explicitly stated. So for Mm -hmm. me, I look at it very differently than a lot of people. And you got to remember, and we've gone over this before, when you look at the rules in the Old Testament, and okay, so here's the argument. Okay, this is this this is the argument. I'm just going to call it a stupid argument by most Christians that I run into. I don't have to do anything the Old Testament says. I'm under the law of grace, and I only have to do what Jesus says, right? Have you ever heard that, or have you heard some oh, yeah. variants? Okay, variation of that. Okay, great. Then we start going over everything Jesus said. Can you find one thing in the New Testament that Jesus says where what he expects is easier than what the old testament said (laughs) no because i've never found one so if you want to live under the you know jesus rules instead of the old testament rules which by the way was the same god who changes not the bible says okay you can go ahead and try it but it only got tougher when jesus got here now he condensed them there's a, a smaller number. There's no longer 600 plus, but there are plenty of rules given and they are all tougher than they were in the Old Testament. And people don't seem to understand that. Okay. Now, with that said, here are a couple questions to help us wrap our head around the Sabbath day. Okay. Here's the first one, Caleb. How many of each animal did Moses take on the ark? Sorry. Two. That was, that was a joke that you play on kids. I said, how, no, the answer is zero. Moses didn't take any. Noah did. Okay, oh. <laughs> so how many of each animal did Noah take on the ark? Two no. of every kind, right? Okay, two of every kind. And what else? There's another specific. So, okay, let's take a look. Okay, let's open up the Bible. I know everyone hates when we do this and our viewership like falls through the floor as soon as we open the Bible. Okay, but we find in chapter 7, verse 2, of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of the beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. So seven of all the clean ones, two of all the non-clean ones. Do you know why? No, never thought of that. When they get off the boat, they start sacrificing. Well, who are they sacrificing? Well, they had to have extra animals so that Moses or so that Noah and his family could do sacrifices as soon as they got off the ark. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. How did Noah know what a clean animal was? Hmm. Where does it describe clean and unclean in the Bible? Way later. Yeah, it's in Leviticus. 
Okay. Okay. Let me ask you another one. On what days did they gather manna? So they leave Egypt. Moses leads them out. As soon as they cross the Red Sea, the manna starts coming. What days did they gather manna? Wasn't it six days? Six days. And on the and the on seventh. the sixth day, you would gather up twice as Double much portion. as you would. Yep. And it would be good on the seventh day, right? What day were they not allowed to gather manna? The Sabbath, seventh day. Okay. And where is that stated in the Bible? It's in Exodus chapter 16. Well, when was when was the law given? The law was given in Exodus 20 with the Ten Commandments, and that's the first time that the Sabbath day was given as a commandment. But right. we would agree that God, when did God sanctify and hallow the seventh day? When did he set apart set it apart and make it special? Okay, let's clear back in Genesis, creation. Back in right. Genesis. Okay, way before Moses went up on Mount Sinai, way before God took a rock and etched in it with his own finger the Ten Commandments. Okay, so the law was given in Exodus 20. Okay, the last one is who was the Sabbath made for? Man. Very good. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27. But the funny thing is, do you know that all the laws were made for man? Right. <laughs> it wasn't just the Sabbath. It was explained in Mark 2, 27, because Jesus was dealing with the subject. Every commandment was made for man. What we got to understand is that when God makes a commandment and says, don't do this, why aren't we allowed to do it? Well, because it's bad for you. And when God says, you have to do this this way, well, why do we have to do it that way? Because it's good for you. Every single commandment was made for the benefit of man. Caleb, every rule in your house for your kids, what they're not allowed to touch, what they're not allowed to play with, where they are allowed to go and not allowed to go and what they can do, aren't they all made to keep your kids safe? Right. Okay, it's no different. We have one rule at our house. I say the smart ones will survive. <laughs> they so start far, jumping off the top one. bunk and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Figure if they all die, I'll be like, oh, I guess there's no smart ones. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make some more. Okay, so when you when you think about it, the law was given to Noah and the Sabbath day was clearly discussed prior to the Ten Commandments. It wasn't just a command given to the Jews. This was a law of God that all mankind falls under. And this is the funny thing that people often don't understand. All the commandments that God gave to Moses and the Jews you realize that the rest of the world was under the same law, right? They were indicted for not keeping those laws, and they suffered the consequences of not doing it. Now, I don't think they were ever going to come around and do it, but my point is that the law of God is not for one person or another. It's for mankind. That's his creation. Right. He sets the rules for the whole creation. Okay. So then a question came up here. Is the Sabbath for the Old Testament only? We are now living in the New Testament. Okay, let me ask you another one. Okay, and this is for the audience. And you got to look this up. When did the Old Testament end? Now, if you want, uh-oh, we just lost Caleb. And what, what's really a shame is that means that the rest of you are just stuck with me until Caleb's able to come back. 
which is not going to be fun because I'm not nearly as kind or funny as Caleb is. Okay. Uh, so we're going to go over to the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Do you realize that in the Bible, it said that the New Testament started when Jesus died on the cross? Now, some will argue this, and they will usually uh, explain it as uh, the Old Testament ended with John the Baptist. And I would agree that the Bible says that John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet that we find, because the law and the prophets were until John. But the new covenant does not start until the death of the testator. The New Testament did not start until Jesus died on the cross. That's when the covenant started. And so many people don't like hearing this, but the majority of what you read in the Gospels is Old Testament. So everything that Jesus was doing, <clears throat> that counts as the Old Testament. Now, I understand that your Bible doesn't say that. Your Bible, it separates it at the end of Malachi. And then at the beginning of Matthew, it says that's the New Testament. Malachi was the last prophet found in the Old Testament. But that's not what the Bible says. Okay, so the Old Covenant was sealed and the New Testament started and the New uh, Covenant started at the death of Christ. And we're going to bring Caleb back in and he's being counted in. And let's see. Okay, he's back with us. So... <clears throat> So to answer the question, okay, is the Sabbath for the Old Testament only? Well, no. Um, my answer would be absolutely not. Uh, and, and here's a good one. You ready for this, Caleb? To finish answering this question, this is something that nobody ever looks at or talks about. Caleb, do you have a Bible with you? I don't, no. Okay, perfect. So glad I got, that you I have Google. That over. <laughs> okay, so look. Uh, these are the two verses I want you to look up. Isaiah 66 verses 22 and 23. Okay, I'm going to write it in here for everyone. I-S-A-I-A-H 66, okay, 22 to 23. Okay, so that's a verse everyone needs to look up, and I'm going to read it to you right now. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Do you realize that in the millennial reign, the Sabbath is still um, in effect? Right. Okay, I'm going to go you want another better. You ready for this? Go to Ezekiel chapter 46, verse 1. This ought to knock your socks off. Ezekiel 46, verse 1, I'm going to put it in there so everyone can look it up on their own and they can be mad at me with the Bible staring them right in the face. Thus saith the Lord God, the gate of the inner court that looketh toward the east shall be shut the sixth working days, but on the Sabbath it shall be opened, and in the day of the new moon it shall be opened. This is talking about the temple in the millennial reign. This has not happened yet. 
when Jesus comes back and raptures his church and there's the seven year period, the time of Jacob's trouble, okay, the great tribulation, as it is often called. After that, the Bible says in many places that Jesus is coming back with all of his saints and he will set up the throne of David in Jerusalem. There will be a temple. He will rule and reign for a thousand years. During that time, Satan will be chained in the bottomless pit. And then after a time, he will be loosed and he will amass an army. So if you haven't read that yet, I mean, I, I really can't help you. You have to have some knowledge of your Bible to, to, to keep pace with us over here. But what we're talking about is for a thousand years, there's going to be a millennial reign where Jesus is in control. He is uh, in charge of the earth. There's going to be a temple, and guess what day it's going to be open? One day a week on the Sabbath. Yeah, and Jesus talked about that in um, Matthew, what is it here? Matthew 24, verse 20. Um, he's talking about the the uh, the tribulation, the great, the great tribulation, and he talks about, um, he says, pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. So he apparently, he was talking to believers that he was believing would be still keeping the Sabbath at the, not like 20 years after he was here or 40 years. Yeah. And this would We're apply to us now or us later. in us in a thousand or 10,000, however, however long it takes. It's talking about in the future. So yeah, it's it's pretty clear here that I don't think that I can find anything, and I think you've answered the question quite well. I don't see anything in the Bible that seems to to indicate that this would have died with, you know, when Jesus died. This wasn't something that he was fulfilling. He, um, he mm -hmm. said he was the Lord. Of, he was he did he did say he was Lord of the Sabbath. Absolutely, but he's Lord of everything. Of course, he's Lord of the Sabbath. It doesn't mean that he did away with it or that he fulfilled it. Yeah. And in coming back. Um, so what? Here's here's a question that I would ask on this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I may have. I'm not sure how much I missed um, while my internet connection was down. Oh, it was but, really intelligent, compelling content <laughs> that you missed. I mean, I was doing a great job. So you you had mentioned that that in general you don't you don't think anything Old Testament is done away with unless it's explicitly implied in the new Testament. Correct. And what I would, what I would say, I, I would agree with that. And I would say in general, the only thing that I can speak to clearly being ended was the, the sacrificial laws, the, 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 the temple was the veil in the temple was torn and that mm -hmm. changed where obviously our, our atonement doesn't come through that. Jesus is our mediator between us and God. So the, all of the temple duties, the, the Levitical priesthood, um, that was done away with, but the 10 commandments, would you say that the 10 commandments are still good today? Or do you think that there's any of the 10 commandments that are expired? No, I mean, I haven't seen, you know, I, I, I can't find a reason to believe that any of the uh, commandments in the old Testament are done away with. Now, let me give you another way of looking at it. Okay. Because people People often say what you just said, the Levitical priesthood is done away with, uh, the sacrifices are done away with. I would argue that and say that they have been fulfilled in a different way mm -hmm. because where there used to be a sacrifice every year and, uh, you know, every Passover, uh, every uh, Yom Kippur, where there used to be a sacrifice every day, where there used to be priests that you would bring your sacrifice to. And Caleb, what was in, what was incense? When you would burn incense on the altar, what did that represent? It says it all over the New Testament. The Holy Spirit. 
Okay. I was going to say prayers to God. Right. Okay. So th- the idea that you went through that mediator, like you said, so we still uh, have those sacrifices in our life, but Jesus was one sacrifice that fulfilled all of them. The whole point of all of those sacrifices was, was to point to Christ. And now that Christ is here, he fulfilled that. In the same way, several things are clearly different from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There, uh, you mentioned the Levitical priesthood again. I believe that that uh, what we call the priesthood of all believers. So the idea that a priest was required to be able to communicate with God, I still believe that. But we find that Jesus says it, and Peter says it. He calls every Christian kings and priests. He says, you are a royal priesthood. So every believer is now a priest. It's not that the Levitical priesthood is used as an intermediary. Okay, there's still a priesthood. That actually didn't change. And that's the neat thing. When you go through it, if you really start looking, none of the stuff has changed. Okay, it kind of changed packaging, you know, or we look at it from a different angle. But it's not that the priesthood is really gone. It's that you and I are now priests. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And people would look at it oftentimes and say the Old Testament, it was strict and it was the law. And now we have mm-hmm. grace and we have mercy in the New Testament. I say, no, it's been there all along. Yep. God's grace was given to us <laughs> by allowing there to be people that were set apart for him to to be in full service as as carrying out the the atonement that was necessary. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus came and he gave his whole life so that we can be in that place as priests like they were. And it doesn't mean that we should be any less godly. There was a lot of requirements as far as them not defiling themselves then mm-hmm. that they were required to keep it such that they could uh, be in a right standing with God, such that they could approach, approach him. And so, yes, as, as uh, like you said earlier, he adds more on in the new Testament. So now mm-hmm. we are, because we have access to God through Jesus, we don't have to be separated from that holy place. It gives so, us that much more reason to be more go- godly than the average Joe Schmo in the, in the Old Testament would have needed to be. Okay, so what does God call us? What does God call our bodies now? The temple. You got it. Temple's not gone. Right. Right? And who dwelt in the holiest of holies in the temple? God. God did. Okay, now after Pentecost, right, Jesus was crucified, he, he raised three days later, okay, uh, and then all of a sudden we have uh, the Feast of Pentecost, or what the Jews would call the Feast of Weeks, and what happened? What entered the, into every believer forever? You got it. Right. So now we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. It is no different than the Old Testament, just like the, just like God rested uh, on the mercy seat, okay, now we read about how the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, okay? We are the temple. I, I, I don't know. It's clear to me. I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we are supposed to revert to Judaism. That's not the case at all. I'm not saying that. I know someone's going to quote me as saying that. If you go through Romans or Colossians or the book of Hebrews, a great deal of effort was put there to explain to everyone that you did not have to put yourself under the law. As a matter of fact, there were arguments where people said you you have to start out by living under the law and then you can get saved. And Paul's like, uh, nope, 
Okay, that was never the intent. But that doesn't change the fact that every single thing in the law was good. And we know that because God invented it. And it was for the purpose of helping mankind. Okay, I feel like I've talked quite a bit. So what, I guess in your your experience with this Mm -hmm. subject and and relating to, I'm assuming that you have a lot of Christian friends that are very religious about Sunday and have Mm -hmm. probably never given it a thought as far as what day it is. Mm -hmm. Um, What, I guess, what would you say the difference that you've seen since you made the switch? Because obviously you were going to church on Sunday for years before, Mm -hmm. before you really became more observant of the seventh day. And of course, like I, I always think that God, God only requires of us as much as, as much as we have knowledge of. And if I, I hate to rain on somebody else's parade, if they have, you know, been religiously keeping Sunday as their Sabbath, their, their whole life. And I, and mm-hmm. I come along and say, Hey, it's actually supposed to be on Saturday. And that's part of why I don't bring it up to people for the most part. I was a little hesitant to whether or not we should have an episode devoted to it here, but I have sensed and noticed a tremendous difference in myself and in many friends that I have that, that are very careful about Sunday or, or, you know, whatever day it is that they, that they take. And I see that there's in our day and age, there's a real carelessness in the church with this issue. It's completely disregarded as, like you said, Oh, that's old Testament. What does it matter? You know, we have, we have Jesus. Now we just carry on our American traditions. And so to me, I think that Christians should be radically different than the rest of the world. And if that's, if somebody's doing it on Saturday or Sunday, just because I pick Saturday and I say, well, this is the seventh day and I'm, I'm going to do it now. doesn't mean that I'm going to sit here and judge somebody else that does it on, on Sunday, but somebody that doesn't do it at all, or really, or really is, is lazy about it. I would, I would definitely say um, there's got to be, there's got to be some consideration made for this because we can't just expect God's blessing and then walk into some, disobedience to him i was working for a you said you had a question after... for me okay Where sorry did that go? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah before i go on with the story i'll let you answer the question so i was just wondering what is the difference that you've seen in in making the switch and i'm not i was trying to make the, cl- the clarification that just because you switched from sunday to saturday doesn't somehow make you or me somehow holier or more religious than somebody else but i'm just wondering right. what where do you notice a switch and what uh, practically, how did that play out for you? Okay, okay. What I noticed is that a whole bunch of people started assuming I was Jewish. That's what I noticed <laughs> because I would often get the question, you know, oh, are you a Seventh-day Adventist? No. Are you a Messianic Jew? No. Are you Jewish? You know, and I'd always get the, you know, those questions. And then after that, it was always, you know, you don't have to keep that, right? I'm like, okay, thank you. That's very helpful. So, you know, for me, Caleb, it, it just came down to this. Okay. And, and my journey to keeping uh, Shabbat was this simple. I realized I was working too much. I was just go, go, go all the time. And I'm a workaholic. I will, I will work early to late at night. I will do that seven days a week. I oftentimes very much enjoy working. And I saw it wasn't good for me. And I've read the Bible enough times to know, you know, that God um, was serious about everyone taking a day off. How do I know that? Well, because he took a day off. You know, he was trying to show us uh, that that is something that he wants us to do. 
So then I, I, I talked to my wife and I was like, I really need to just commit and just make a change. It's, it's going to be good for me. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a day off. So then it came down to, well, if I'm going to take a day off, why wouldn't I take off the day that God's taken off so we can, you know, hang out together? Because God makes a big deal out of it. Whether you, you know, want to follow it or not, I don't care. But we cannot deny that God talks about it from the first chapter to the last chapter, literally. Okay, he makes mention of it. So for me, it was like, well, I'm just going to try that. Let's see how that works. And then I started looking into it and I said, okay, well, if I'm going to do it that way, what are the specifics and what does God say to do and not do? And how does God want me to, you know, honor him on this day? So then I started a study through the Bible, you know, and the the thing that I noticed was that everywhere I read about uh, the Sabbath day, it was a good thing. It was a blessing. It was a positive thing. It was a gift that God gave to mankind. And I said, okay, well, that's good enough for me. I'm going to start doing that. So from Friday at sundown till Saturday at sundown, every day I turn my phone off. I don't answer work calls. I change my voicemail and just tell people my phone's off. Talk to me, you know, Saturday night after sundown or, you know, or Sunday. And that was it. And I'll tell you what, um, it was no more than a week or two. And I told my wife, I was like, Hey, I want the whole family to do this. And my wife was thrilled. She's like, that sounds great. I would love to set a day where we can just relax and spend time together as a family and not have to even worry about it. Like it's, it's no longer a thing where it's like, Oh, can we fit this on, on Saturday? Or, you know, it's like, no, we're resting. That's it. It's always blocked off on the calendar every week. We don't have to think about it. It's just, it's, it's over and it's a relief. I love it. I cannot imagine going back and you know, that's what brought me here. So then I said, okay, well, if this is this good, then I'm going to go through all of Leviticus 23. And I said, dang it, I am going to start celebrating the feast days as well. And uh, that's what brought me to uh, murdering an adorable little goat uh, just last month and eating him. And we talked about that in the past. That and right. my hatred of uh, Easter and Christmas. Yeah, so I think most of our friends are going to just write you off and assume that you're a radical. Probably yeah, me as well. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, and I'll tell you what, you should have saved your money for Facebook advertising and boosting these uh, these posts until after this one. <laughs> Let me tell you, because whoever's watching has already rolled their eyes and they're gone. So that that was one of the first things that I noticed is, is as soon as I started having this conviction and talking with some of my friends, there was a lot of resistance and a lot of pushback from they Christians that were like, did they yeah. look uncomfortable? Oftentimes I felt like they felt uncomfortable, but not so much that like that they thought, oh, this is um not so much out of conviction on their part, like, oh, maybe I should be doing this too. A lot of them felt uncomfortable because like, well, how could you be a Christian and do that? Christians, we meet for church on Sunday. You know, that's like, you can't be a Christian and observe the Sabbath on Saturday. And so that was, of course, one of the first things. And that's part of why I got to where I just didn't really talk about it because I didn't want people to feel like I was trying to cram this down their throat just because I was convicted to do it. But one of the first things that I noticed about it, and this is one of the things that I would warn anybody that's considering this about, is it's be very easy it's a natural thing to become very legalistic. As soon as you start 
yep. trying to do this. The first thing I wanted to do was it's like, all right, so I'm going to rest today. This is God's day, right? All right. So obviously I realized that church on Sunday obviously was not really cutting it as far as really taking a day of rest. It wasn't, I, uh-huh. I work, especially for me, I work on Sunday hard. We play music at church. Sure. It's, it's really just another work day. And yes, we'll go over to a friend's house and have lunch after church, but it's, it's busy and there's not much time for relaxation. If I'm lucky, I'll get a nap on Sunday afternoon and I have some time with my, fa- my family, but it's really, and there's a lot of time for fellowship and I love Sundays, but it's very different than just setting aside a day and doing nothing. And so the first thing I, I want to do is I was like, all right, so how do I fill this up? You know, I'm not used to just sitting around and not doing anything. So I'm like, all right, so it's a Saturday. So what do we do? So I start trying to look what it we, up. How do we did, do this right? Did you, did you run into the same thing? You are describing exactly what I thought. I was like, oh man, I got to figure out how to do this right. And it, it uh, and I'm telling you, okay, until you try keeping the Sabbath day, you look at the Jews today and the lengths they go to, to try to not work and rest, and you will shake your head in disbelief at the crazy things they come up with. You go ahead and try keeping the Sabbath day for one month, and you're going to make 10,000 rules for yourself. I'm telling you, it's the natural thing man does, and it's crazy. Yeah, so that was that was one of the first things I noticed is it was like, wow, what do I do? And so then I was like, well, I'm going to start reading the Bible. And pretty soon I'm like reading for eight or 10 hours. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's not very restful. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should go for a walk. And maybe I should, maybe we should go to the lake. Maybe we should go shooting today. Maybe we should, you know, I come up with all these different things that I could do that would be recreational. And it's like, it's really crazy when, when David said uh, to oh, come on, where, where does he talk? About? He talks about just being still, being quiet and waiting on the Lord. Uh, at one point he says something like, surely my soul waits on, upon the Lord. And, and when you look at the translation on that, it was really, basically my soul is just quiet before the Lord. And it's, mm-hmm. we are so, even, even when we go to church and we have prayer time where we talk to God, it's like, all right, God, here we, here we are. We have our list of commands for you to do today. We're going to require <laughs> you to do this, do that. And please go ahead and do this. And oh, while you're at it, remember sister so-and-so and this brother, and, yeah, and I have this need quick. and that need. Move it along, God. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we project constantly at church to God. We tell him, we sing, we praise him, we read from his word. And that's the closest we get to actually really hearing from him. But when we actually have a time to just be quiet and, and really spend time with God, it's to me, I found it very, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very needed thing for me. All right. Because you become so hyper and lost in the rat race and just going day in and day out and to really slow down and remember God. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, I have this family. I have these children that need me that, you know, really need to spend time with me. We, we do do things together on Saturdays. And oftentimes I have friends that call and want me to come and help. And if I have one friend that asks over and over and over again, eventually I'm like, you know what? This will be my last time to help you on Saturday because this is really my family day. I like what you did. You just turn your phone off. Yep. But I know I started noticing a change in me and I've, I don't, I would not say that I've perfected it. And there's times where I'm like, I'll even tell my wife, don't get me wrong. I know we really shouldn't be doing this today. It's not like my convictions have changed and it seems like we're really busy today and we, we, we're not always doing great with it, but to put that effort out to, to really say Saturday, this is God, this is your day. And we're really not going to plan anything into it. We're, and I, that's, that's what Saturday, Saturday is for me. I don't make a plan. I don't make plans for Saturday. If something comes up and I have to do something for somebody to help them out, um, then I will, but I don't, 
and, and I kind of consider that the donkey in the ditch situation where, where Jesus says, if, you know, if you see somebody with their donkey in the ditch. So Jesus says, if you love me, keep me, keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. That's, that was something that. Some, some of his commandments. He says, if you love me, keep the commandments that you find convenient that don't cause any difficulty in your life. Basically, whatever right. you're already keeping, where you don't have to put any new effort into, just keep on keeping some of those, and that's good enough. I think that's the way it, it says it in the original Greek. <laughs> don't listen to Patrick. <laughs> He's dripping with sarcasm. No, but <laughs> G- when Jesus says that, I think we all have a pretty good understanding. Jesus hadn't come and laid down a bunch of commandments. There was a couple of times sure. where somebody came to Jesus and says, what must I do? And he's like, well, keep the commandments. And he's like, well, these I've kept my, for my youth. And he's like, all right, well, then I'll give you another commandment. And then, so he's clearly talking about the commandments that had already been laid out in the Old Testament. When he says, if well, you love me, well, keep my commandments. Jesus is second. God. When, when the guy came to him and said, I've kept all these from my youth, what did Jesus add? He like, added the Ten Commandments. <laughs> he didn't, he specifically listed several of the Ten Commandments. Right. Um, well, I, I'm trying to think. There was a couple different scenarios. One time he said, um, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Yep. And then there was another time where he said, go and give everything you have to the poor and mm-hmm. follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, that is um, something that I think most Christians blatantly disregard the Sabbath. And I'm probably going to step on some toes here. I think a lot of Christians blatantly disregard the Sabbath because it is not traditional mm-hmm. for Christians to keep the Sabbath is not in our tradition. It used to be in the early church. Go ahead. Well, I was going to add something to that. And and a lot of people, a lot of Christians have never done any studying about the history of the early Christian church. And most people don't understand the unbelievable anti-Semitism that existed in the first several uh, hundred years of the early church. And you got to remember that the early Christian church not only had the Romans coming after them, they had the Jews coming after them. And they were at war. Yeah, Yeah. they really were. And Paul, I mean, where did Paul come from? So one thing you got to remember, and when you read through early church fathers and the writings and you read the history, you find out that Christianity made a split with anything that resembled Judaism. Well, guess what? The number one thing that identified a Jew, what was it? The number one thing probably would have been keeping the Sabbath. Number two would have Got been it. eating kosher. Yep. And okay. a lot of them, if they converted, if a Jew converted to Christianity, they wouldn't accept them as a Christian until they saw them eat some pork and break the uh-huh. Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's no joke. They were so anti-Semitic for so long because they had such a bad time with the Jews that they they distanced themselves from anything Jewish, even if it was something that they were fine with before, just because they wanted to fit in. It was a real problem for, for quite a while. So, I mean, just something to throw in the hopper if you want to do some of your own reading and some homework. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah, so... This reminds me then with some of the way that that I've received pushback on this issue. And like I said, there's plenty of Christians that I believe are really walking in obedience to God the best they know how. They're doing 
the Sabbath on Sunday, which is, it's kind of, they're, they're doing the seventh day on the first day. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> but the, it's, I, I respect them for it. I, I was going to mention earlier, there was when I, whenever I first moved to Texas, there, I, one of the first jobs that I had here, I was working for a company and at one point, so they, they paid double on Saturday this company that I worked for overtime over, over eight hours and double pay on Saturdays. Wow. So I would go in Saturday evening after sundown and I would go to work and I would work late into the night yep. <laughs> working on, uh, you know, doing other things that, that needed to be done around there. And on occasion I would stay past midnight. And there was this one time where I stayed past midnight was clocked in into the, into Sunday morning. And it's a Christian owned company. Mm-hmm. I go to church with the, with the people that own it. And I got a sweet, it's actually the first time that I've ever received a note from the, the guy that owns the company. His wife um, wrote, me a, wrote me a note, put in with my paycheck saying, we um, observe the Sabbath and we expect our employees to do this, the same. We noticed that you were clocked in past midnight and uh, we we're sure that time just got away from you and it was a mistake. So you were paid up until midnight and not past then. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I had to say, I have to say, I really respected them for taking that stand, which is not a popular stand to take with their employees where they could possibly make somebody mad, but they weren't going to turn it into a gray area. And of course I never, I just was like, all right, I'll never work on Sunday there again, because out of respect mm-hmm. for them, even though I was not convicted against it. Mm-hmm. And I live right across the street from a church and I great friends with the pastor of the church and I'll go out and mow my grass on Sunday sometimes after church. And mm-hmm. I know it just gets under his skin. <laughs> Okay. And I don't do it just to piss them off or anything. I just am out there mowing my grass and it's Sunday and yep. it, I don't consider it to be anything wrong. Okay. So my wife and I were talking about, uh, we have a big burn pile we got to get through. We have to cut down branches and, and get a bunch of stuff burning. And then we have a bunch of weeds we got to spray. And we were talking about it. And, you know, my wife and I said, well, we're going to just get up early Sunday morning and do all that stuff. And we're going to work through the whole day Sunday because Saturday we're taking off. We're resting. We're going to try to spend some time with God. We're going to spend time together as a family. And I'll tell you, hopefully Zach isn't on here watching. No, but hopefully nobody from Patrick's church realizes he's going to skip church to burn his weeds. Well, and you know, it's something that's funny because through all of this, as we've been talking, everyone needs to understand my church meets on Sunday. And that's fine. And I go every Sunday. I mean, I haven't been going like the last month and a half because no one has. <laughs> right. But my point is I go on Sunday because that's when they meet. And that's fine. If you want to meet corporately with your church to worship God and pray together and read the Bible, you can do that any day of the week. And when you read through the New Testament and the church in Acts, they did it every day of the week. There wasn't a certain day. They picked the day that worked for them. And that's when they got together. And that's that's great. Pick whatever day you want. I hate to tell you this, but when you read the Ten Commandments, it doesn't say anything about going to church on the Sabbath day. It doesn't <laughs> mention it. There is no, It doesn't say to go to the temple. It doesn't say to do a sacrifice. It doesn't say, I mean, there is daily sacrifices, so I understand they happened every day. But it doesn't say to go to church. It doesn't say any of those things. It doesn't say to worship God. It says just to remember it and set it apart and, and rest. That's what it says to do. There are a few more specifics if you really want to get into it. But Something else, Caleb, that uh, Jesus actually brought up when he was challenged because he did lots of stuff on the Sabbath day, including healing people constantly. And the Pharisees and the scribes always gave him a hard time. 
And he, he brought up the idea. He's like, well, hey, who's in the temple every Saturday sacrificing animals and burning incense? He says, one of the priests has to do it because the law given from God was that it had to happen perpetually every day, seven days a week. So Jesus even made the point that, yes, that is the goal. Okay, but some people have to work. There's just no way around it. And like you said, the donkey in the ditch scenario, you know, I'm the same way. I don't really ever get, you know, if someone asked me to help them do something, hey, could you come over to my house and help me cut down this tree and whatever? I enjoy doing that stuff. And I would love to, I could care less if I do that on a Saturday. For me, I'm not working. I'm not getting paid. The fact that I'm sweating isn't a big deal. If I'm playing with the kids outside, uh, you know, I'm sweating and I'm working hard. I'm, I have to, I have to check on my bees. I have to feed them. I have to do different things. You have animals who on earth doesn't feed their animals on Saturday. I mean, it's ridiculous. You have to go get the eggs on Saturday. If you have a dairy animal, I hate to tell you, you got to milk that thing every day. Some, you know, some animals multiple times a day. You got to feed the animals every day. So there's people, I think when they go at it, they, people make one of two mistakes. Okay, this is, what, this is what I see. People either, number one, they totally ignore the Sabbath day. They just try to not have to deal with it, put it out of their mind. I don't want to think about it. I certainly don't want to research what the Bible says about it. I just want to ignore it. And that's one big mistake because you're missing out on a huge blessing that God set, uh, uh, set up for you and your family to be a blessing. And then the other mistake, which you and I talked about, is if you try to do it, you immediately start to naturally put yourself under a burden that God did not intend. And some people go so far as to add on to themselves the entirety of the Old Testament law, and they try to live in the way that the Jews did during the time of Moses, which, again, I don't see uh, the Bible saying to do. And, you know, that's why... I'm really comfortable, you know, with where I landed, where you are, even though our beliefs are somewhat different. If God convicts me and, and pushes me to do something different, that's great. Then we're going to start doing that. It, there, it's not like I have a dog in the fight. I'm doing this because it brings me closer to God. It's been good for my family. It's been healthy and good for me. So why would I ever stop doing this? You know, it's been a, it's been a great thing. I don't care if God commanded it or not. Uh, right. Anyway, um, I just wanted to make that point that, you know, the idea of, of doing some work or, or things coming up, it's like, well, yeah, Jesus talked about that. He addressed that. It's going to happen. There are things that, you know, have to be done. So, you know, uh, just understand that if I miss out on the Sabbath day because something comes up, then I consider it a loss for myself. That's what, that's the way I, I don't look at it. Like I got to go beg for God's forgiveness. I look at it as I missed a great opportunity for a blessing this weekend. And now I got to wait till next weekend to get the next one. Right. Well, I would say, I guess we're kind of out of time, but I would say in closing for someone that has never really given this much thought, or maybe you have, and you've kind of pushed it aside. Uh, I, I personally think that a lot of the reason that the church still disregards the Sabbath or, or observes it on Sunday instead of on Saturday is because of our love of traditions. 
And Jesus has a few words for us when it comes to that. If you feel like, oh, I can't actually obey what the Bible says because it would go against my church or against the way I was raised or against my parents or this, this tradition or that tradition. Um, Jesus says um, in Mark uh, chapter 7, verse 8, he says, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do. What we're doing here, keeping Sunday as the Lord's day or as a, a day to go to church on Sunday, those are okay things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing those things. There are things you could tie those loosely in. You know, it does say not to forsake the gathering together, break bread. I don't think that it came apart uh, into the church necessarily as all an evil thing. It just is when we completely disregard something that God has said for us to do, a commandment of God. And I would say we are the worst rebels out there. If we say, oh, no, there's no commandments. We've got grace now. All those commandments, those were for those people. God doesn't have any authority now. It's just me and what I want. I got the blood of Jesus and I can be as reckless as I want. Yep. God, the grace of God covers all. Amen. Do whatever I want. I would just say, think twice. Have it your way. (laughs) You want fries with that? (laughs) Yeah, no. So I would just say, if you're not willing to look at the scripture with an open mind because you're afraid what other people are going to think or what your church is going to think, that is tradition. You're sticking yourself with tradition and you're putting that above the commandments of God. And so I would just say, hey, give it a shot. Look at the Bible. Find something in there that tells you not to keep the Sabbath. Find it tell me please or get give it a shot and try obeying god with it and see how god blesses you with it and and i'm not trying to be um i've never had this conversation with somebody where i've really strongly recommended it but since it comes up since it's come up i would say i don't see i cannot get around it for me personally i've tried i've said you know am i just am i have i just come up with some unnecessary thing that i'm doing for god have i made some commitment that i should go back on and there's been times where I was in crowds of people that I really, really made me think twice about it. And I cannot find, I've not been able to find a place in the Bible that makes me feel like that I'm unnecessarily keeping the Sabbath. I believe that God wants me to, I've made this commitment to him. For me, it would be sin not to, I've made this commitment and, and I know it's what I'm supposed to do. And for me to just say, all right, God, you know what? I don't have time for you anymore. I'm not going to do this to me. I know that I don't feel right about it. And so that's, that's where I've come to with it. I do believe that God wants us to do it. And I think that it's a huge blessing that we're missing out on when we don't do it. And if you're thinking, oh, I can't afford to take another day off. He does say six days you shall work. And on the seventh, you shall rest. Mm-hmm. So that's part of why sometimes I do do some stuff. Usually it's just around the house, but I do work some on Sunday because yeah. I do understand taking two days a week off of work sometimes seems like, you know, how can I afford to do that? Well, there's always honeydew projects and things to, to catch up around the house that you can still do. And uh, a lot of people have this switched where they clean on Saturday and they go to church on Sunday. I'm not telling you how to live your life, but I'm just saying, try taking a day where you do nothing because that is not what we do on Sunday. Sunday is crammed full of a lot of activities oftentimes, and it's not a day of rest. For me, it's not a day of rest. Maybe some people it is. For me, I can't really rest on Sunday. Saturday is my day of rest, and I'm glad that God gave it to me that way. And I'm really glad that I can go and worship with people on Sunday and not have it interfere with actually taking a day off. Mm-hmm. So that's where I come to with it. Yeah, well put. I really don't have much else to say other than I have never tried to convince anyone that they need to do this. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. When you get me going on a subject, I'm opinionated and I'm going to tell <laughs> right. you my opinion and I'm going to bring up the Bible and I'm going to throw verses at you and I'm going to do it where some people would say I sound, you know, arrogant or obnoxious about it. That is my charm. I mean, that's just the special thing you get with Patrick. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I've been trying to soften that, you know, rough edge for 40 years and it hasn't worked. It's not going to work tomorrow. Okay. But in all honesty, you know, I have never tried to convince anyone to um, keep the Sabbath day. Uh, And honestly, not many people even ask me about it. You know, they really don't. Once in a while, it'll come up. And I love to talk about it. And I'm more than happy to talk about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, and this is this is just for, you know, comic relief. um, I'm going to stand before God by myself. Caleb's not going to be there. My pastor's not going to be there. Some of my good friends that I love talking about the Bible with, they're not going to be there. It's just going to be me and God, and I'm going to have to answer for my actions. And keep in mind, this has nothing to do with salvation. This has to do with the the judgment seat of Christ. Yeah, don't you love that? That's always what comes up. They're like, oh, wait, so you think in order to be a Christian, you have to keep the Sabbath in order to be a Christian? Oh, no. Yeah, you have to give a caveat for everything. You know, so no, but the Bible says that we're going to stand before God. We're going to pass through the refiner's fire. You know, I'm going to have to give an answer for the things done in this life. And what Caleb was saying before, uh, he said, if you can't obey the word of God because it would go against the traditions of men and you're not comfortable with that, please tell me, because I am dying to stand next to you when you stand before God to hear you try to explain that to him. I can't wait to hear that. And, And it's going to come up so often. It's like, well, God, I didn't do what the Bible said because it seemed it seemed awkward. And, you know, I stuck out like a sore thumb and people looked at me strange. And Jesus is like, yeah, well, when I died on the cross for you, they were looking at me strange, too. But it didn't you know, I didn't come down off the thing for crying out loud. You know, it's just so funny um, that we uh, are comfort and, um, you know, uh, uh our desire to feel uh, like we fit in above the clear teaching of the Bible. Okay. Yeah. I think we're all in that boat on some level or another. We tend to keep our traditions and ignore God. And when something comes up, my thing is when something comes up and I start to feel convicted and say, this is what God says and what the Bible says. I I hate to be in that place of rejecting God and be like, no, God, I'm not going to do that because, you know, my good friend over here doesn't do that. And, I'll be honest. Um, this is something we've, I've, I don't think I've ever, ever really talked to anybody about it, but I've been thinking about it more recently. And I simply cannot bring myself to do this because even though I actually believe I've been reading about it more and more, and here I'm going to look like here, here Caleb goes, Hebrew roots, Messianic Jewish guy <laughs> going crazy. The Bible clearly commanded for the tassels on the, on the, on the garments. And it mm-hmm. says to do it forever. And I bring, I bring that up every once in a while. And I'm like, some of this stuff God says to do forever. Well, I was looking through some forever stuff and that came up recently. And I was like, oh no, I could never do that. Everybody thinks, oh, here's Caleb, this weirdo with these tassels hanging off of his belt loops. You know, I probably couldn't even show up to church anymore because people would think that I completely <laughs> sold my soul to the devil. Yep. <laughs> and that's the thing that's going through my mind right now with that. I'm not doing it. Not because I think that, it's, that I'm justified in not doing it. I look at it and I'm like, well, God says to do this forever. I don't think I'm going to sit here and argue with God. Sure. But anyways, that's, that is, so I'm in the same boat as, as I, as I learn more about God, I'd rather be more like him and less like, you know, just live in the American dream. Go ahead. I don't really, say it. 
less like me. Go ahead, just say yeah, it. Exactly. Right, not everybody. <laughs> but that's the thing is 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 the beautiful thing about Christianity is listen, you can say a sinner's prayer and you can keep living your life just like you always did. You don't have to change a thing. Jesus wants you to come as you are, and you can just have the American Jesus here. And we just, Jesus loves us. We could keep drinking our beer and doing things the way that we like it here. And yep. we got Jesus on our keychain, and he'll go with us wherever we go. And the, I, I just look at him like, God, why wouldn't I want to learn more about how he intended for us to live and what he wanted from, for, from us and for us. And whether anybody else likes it or not, that really shouldn't matter. Like you said, they're not going to stand there with me and hold my hand and try to somehow d- deal with this thing for me. So yeah, that's, that's my uh that's my take on it is is we're all in in some state of rebellion because we're gentiles we come from a very different culture and when we decide to esteem our our traditions above the commandments of god that's when it becomes a problem if you don't know any better it's no different but once you do learn and you reject it's a little bit of a problem so anyway don't check up with me on the tassels anytime soon (laughs) Okay. They're called tzitzis. And, and don't ask me about Christmas or Easter because I'll blow your ears back and then you'll be in the know and you'll have to deal with it. So just don't ask me any questions. All right. We're like at an hour and 15 minutes. I think we got to let everyone go. I doubt there's more than one or two people still watching. There's us. seven. There's seven. It's not been the most popular episode, I will say. As soon as we brought up Saturday, I think a lot of people were like, click. Click, log off. (laughs) Unfriend, unlike, unfollow. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us, those that you did. And do you have any idea what we're talking about next week? I don't. Do we have something on the schedule? I'll check. So we had a a request tonight, and something we need to talk about sometime is talking about biblical... Well, it wasn't on here. Somebody asked me about this. Okay. Um, So anyway, about biblical jealousy or coveting so that's uh, should be a good episode for us to talk about at some point so like commandment number 10 right okay anyway yeah we'll i guess we'll post it on there soon if it's not already posted yeah it'll be up saturday after sundown all right (laughs) there there you go one more rule in your rule book there (laughs) yeah there you go okay good night everyone shabbat shalom all right good night